Welcome to License Burnix, a podcast where we talk about storytelling. I'm your host, Ahim. And I'm your host, Fang Ling. Today, we have a really exciting guest with us today, Rachel Williams. Woo! Hi, everyone. Hey, guys. <laughs> Hello, friends. Rachel Williams is a spoken word poet, university student, and writer living on Darawal country on the New South Wales South Coast. She was an Australian Poetry Slam Sydney finalist in 2018, and in the same year became a published poet in the Street Poets Anthology. Since then, she has featured and performed at Enough Said Poetry Slam, Bankstown Poetry Slam, Westside Poetry Slam, Bread and Butter Poetry Slam, The Art Gallery of New South Wales, Viva La Gong, Viva La Gong from Wollongong, nice. Gaze Fest, the ACT State Final of APS 23, the National Youth Slam at the State Library of New South Wales, and Yours and Ours Festival. She takes pride in writing performing poems based on, based in queerhood, girlhood, boyhood, mental health, social justice issues, and religion. We're very excited to have you today, Rachel. Um, as usual, we'll interview you in depth in the second half of the episode after our reading updates. Perfect. Beautiful. Thank That's you for having me. Okay, today uh, let's just switch things up a little bit. Uh, I'll do the reading update first. Literally can't wait because I'm going to talk about this book that um, has been literally bombarding my Instagram feed for the last couple <laughs> months. This is the book called The Membranes by Chi Wei, a Taiwanese author. This book was marketed as a sci-fi slash queer speculative fiction which is, I was really intrigued by because you don't see that every day from a Taiwanese author. Mm-hmm. I think this Monday, I finally made up my mind and then decided to get my hands on one. Uh, so I picked up this copy from Kinokuniya. It's also a signed copy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Oh, that's yeah. so special. I love how like minimalistic the, the cover design is. It, is, it kind of res- resembles like astrophysics. But it's an apple? No, it's a, it's a peach. Twilight vibes. It's oh, a peach. Twilight vibes. Don't even get me started with Twilight. <laughs> we'll never oh. get off Twilight. No, as a joke. Okay. D- did you did you say you bought it this Monday? Yeah, this Monday. And, and then, you finished it. And I finished week. it. Well yeah, done. Yes. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> Let's do, just do a one word review to kick it off. Okay, and yeah. My verdict is no, you just did not do that. That's not one word. <laughs> oh, but no. like with dashes in the middle? That word. I loved yeah. that. You're yeah. like, no, I did not just do that. Is that like the feeling of the book? Yes. Oh, amazing. Have you heard have you guys heard of the show called For Me by Parentella? Parentella, they're the hosts. So they, they invite magicians um to their shows and then they perform the tricks to see if they can fool them. And then like because I have my fair share of reading of um sci-fi's and I've seen a lot of sci-fi mm. shows. But I, I, I would have to say that this book definitely fooled me. Yeah. So like, uh-huh. It's not one of those hardcore sci-fis like Foundation, like Isaac, Mo- uh, uh, like Isaac Eismoff, uh, like your Dunes, your Hyperions. This one, it's sort of started off unimpressive and subtle in terms of its sci-fi setting. So it's set in the late 21st century, which is not far from now. And we might get we might live to see it. And then it was like, everything is so relevant to current lives, our current lives. What themes did you feel like really connected to today, today's world? So what, what feels really relevant to today is, uh, by the way, um, it's also worth noting that this book was originally published in 1995. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, when, when she was only 23 years old. Mm. <laughs> 
It's literally okay. it's literally so similar to the book that I'm going to talk about. Really, it's literally the same story. Okay. but I'll, I'll wait. Yeah, I I know that Fangling would appreciate this fact, and I just keep that in mind because yeah, we have a lot of work to do. In in Chi's envision, we had this. We had internet, of course. We have three D printing. We have cyber security. It was also like skincare. Skincare. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think they had all of those things in 1995. Yes. Yeah. Wait. No way. They 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 didn't have internet in 1995. I reckon they had skincare in 1995. Yes. But like, I think the internet existed, but not not nearly as widespread not, as it yeah, is today. Right. Yeah. 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 But, very true. And then uh, there was like organ transport. Okay. Like, or organ transplant. Mm. <laughs> what a Chinese thing to write about. Yes. And our organ trafficking. We have those like androids. Okay. They're like cyborgs. They're, they're half human, half um, machine. Or they were raised just to, like, they were uh, put into production just to uh, have spare body parts mm. for human to, like, to transplant. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It reminds me a bit of Never Let Me Go by Kazuo Ishiguro. That's right. Yeah. Spot okay. on, girl. And this book was originally in Chinese, right? Was originally written in Chinese. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And then it's also trans- it's translated by Ari Larissa Heinrich. And her translation is really spot on. Mm. I feel like a lot of Chinese um, idioms and then the t- traditional uh, meanings have mm. been conveyed. Oh, beautifully. that's no easy task at all. No. Mm. Okay. Beautiful. The overall feeling of this book, it's like drinking a seltzer. Because I've never described like a book as like drinking a seltzer before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bless your heart. Go, go. Thank tell you. me. Tell me. So... It has to be a peach flavored. Oh, wow! Course, yeah, is, is it because you got drunk on that on your birthday? <laughs> so, like you know, you know how seltzer is like the more healthy version of alcoholic. Drink? I actually don't drink seltzers, and I've no, never truly had a seltzer, so I don't even know really? what yeah, you're talking I, about I when really you know talk okay. about what it yes. tastes like. So it's light, it's refreshing. Mm, okay, and then also like the main point of having a seltzer is like it's healthier than alcohol, like the, the, oh. than a beer. For example. Oh, so I you mean like it is the book is sci-fi, but it's like light sci-fi. It's not like heavy sci-fi. Is that what you're trying to say? That's one point of it. Okay. And then also, I just got intoxicated before I realized. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Is, that, I love that. Actually, yeah. that's perfect. Yeah. A lot of references made on like peaches oh. and, and the oh, title yeah. Membranes. Mm, that makes book. sense. Yeah, yeah, it is in the cover. Yeah. The protagonist is called Momo, which means um, peach in Japanese. Oh, Special. Yeah, and then we're just starting off the book by this scene of her mother describing how she came, where did she come from. Her original birth story was inspired by that Japanese fairy tale mm. called Momotaro, which is like the boy being born from a peach. Mm. Like, mom, where do babies come from? They come yeah. from peaches. Oh, yeah. I've, heard, I've heard of this. Yeah, 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 beautiful. And then Momo is just exactly the same. Uh, except that her parents are, are both women. That's um, your, 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 your inception of a queer speculative. And then just in the future, like, the future is inherently queer. Mm. Humans have conquered AIDS, like all the STIs. Mm. They just don't get hang up on this concept of uh, reproduction as much because they, they've developed so many other ways to, to destroy themselves. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So like Profound. The, yeah. So they just um, aim to survive at that point, and then they just don't really care about reproduction. So is the main more. character the girl? That's a mom- Momo? Momo. Yeah, that's Momo. At the age of seven, she was like diagnosed with this, a chronic illness, and she was hospitalized, 
in this stereo ward, this hospital room, and she was literally separated um, from the rest of the world by this like glass. So that's the first layer of the membrane that she felt really mm. like lonely. Um, she was also kept away from her mom, who was really busy with her work. Until like they had a little girl sent into the room to accompany her. Mm. Her name her name is Andy, and uh, they they quickly become really good friends, and they sort of they're sort of like um, each other's reflections in a way. Momo was still young, but she was just experimenting with this feeling of affection and love, and then what she had in Andy is basically along the lines of those. Mm-hmm. And she she had this feeling of, what if one day that we can become one, that like I can live inside her body, mm. and oh, then wow. yeah, it, this this one time that she was just um, anesthetized, she was under, and yeah, it, and yeah, yeah. She thought it was just uh, like an, another regular operation, but actually it's just like a really profound surgery. After she she woke up, she d- discovered that Andy Andy is gone. Mm. That her mom told her that the the surgery was a success, a total success. So they removed Andy from her. Rather, they 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 combined Andy with her. Oh, oh my yes. god! Okay. And then she was just really upset because Andy is gone. Mm. And um, she she got she was really furious about like she thought that her mom took Andy away from her. Mm. But at the same time, like. The life just has has to carry on. And mom, it's so busy with work, so occupied all the time. But also at the same time, mom has her like girlfriends that she can play with. But Momo is alone again. Oh, alone again, alone again. Eventually. And then, if you think this story so far is good, it's just getting started. Okay. Yeah. So that's like the setup. She wakes setup, up from the yeah. surgery and she's merged with her best friend, and that's like the setup. Yeah, and then she just like she was so estranged from her mother mm. because of her like resentment, her sort of jealousy. That she went to boarding school at the age of ten, mm. and then later on she became a um, like a skin technician, like a dermal technician. She hadn't seen her mother in twenty years. On her thirtieth birthday. Her mother came to visit her. Mm. That's like the overall setting of the story. So does she go to boarding school? That's after she was merged with Andy. Yes. Okay, so she's basically lived her whole whole life with Andy. Yeah, that does sound very interesting. It just got really deep into the realm of consciousness and identity. Mm. I love books that delve into those two themes. Yes. Uh, so like she she didn't like she was searching for Andy all, all the time, but then. Later on, like she, she, she really thought that Andy was truly unique, her best friend, forever. But later on, she discovered that Andy is just like a product name. It's it's short for androids. Oh. oh, so she never existed as a best friend. She's always just like a robot companion that was injected. So, so into her him. Andy was specifically made for her to be uh-huh. compatible. With her transplant. That's very interesting. It's like merging with a customized AI. Truly. Exactly. What yeah, kind exactly. of person would that make you? Truly. It just came to her that how how much uh, proportion has been merged, has been taken from her to, to merge with Andy or how much, like how many organs she required to be transplanted. Also, and Andy had organs as well. So Andy is not just like a, a consciousness robot. 
she also had like physical organs. Yes. Uh, and then it became the this paradox of um, the boat of Theseus. I don't know about that one. It's like you have a boat, and then you you constantly um, replacing parts of it mm. until uh, until it's everything on this original boat has been replaced. Mm, true. And then is it still, still the same the boat? Same. Mm. Mm. What is it called again? The boat of Theseus. Mm, mm. I see. Like there's a huge plot twist at the end. Don't give it away. Yeah. Uh, no, I no, actually no, kind of no, want to no. read yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I want to yeah. read the Chinese yes. version. Uh, the the Chinese version, uh, the Chinese copy would be like a little bit more difficult to get your hands on. Oh, okay. Because I, I I went to search for the like mm-hmm. I went to search for those. Mm-hmm. I can only get the the English one. Mm-hmm. But I think the English one is just good enough. Yeah, and you have a signed copy. That's yeah. fantastic. It's really cool. I wanted to ask, how yeah. did you get your signed copy? Oh, it just it lying just came there. in. Just lying there. <gasps> Oh, it so, just came into your grasp. Yeah, that's right. And basically, um, Kinokuniya they invited the offer like I think mm. December last year to do like a sign event, mm. and then they just happened to have a few extra copies lying around. Yeah. Okay. That, that that's, that's my that's my review. Yeah. Okay. okay. Thanks for sharing. That was mm. great. No problem. Okay. Um, I guess I'll do my reading update now. Yeah. And um, I have a very incredibly exciting update this week a very similar to s- story to what Ahim just shared and uh, the book I'm going to talk about is Less Than Zero by Brett Easton Ellis and um, we all know that American Psycho by this author is my entire personality <laughs> okay um, I read that book in 2022 and I haven't stopped thinking about it ever since um, and I like the movie as well featuring Christian Bale even though American Psycho is definitely not the most like objectively the best book I've ever read. Um, but I'm really partial to it. And I, I really love it on a personal level. So when I was in Melbourne last week, um, in the famous readings bookshop in Carlton, so I was on a hunt for a couple of books to kind of commemorate my first visit there. <laughs> and I saw a, a copy of Less Than Zero. And I heard good things about it before. Um, I knew that this was the author's debut novel, published when he was just 21 years wow. old. So your guy was 23, this guy was 20, 21. It's quite a small book, only 200 pages. Um, and on the back, it says, this book is the catcher in the rye for the MTV generation. Oh, okay. And That's I was, huge. Yeah. Huge and call, I, huge I call. Know. And I was like, say no more, I have to buy it now. <laughs> and I, I started reading it in Melbourne and I finished it in three days. Wow. And wow. I loved it. Good work. Was it intoxicating? It <laughs> <laughs> Which alcoholic beverage or just beverage Actually, in general would I, would I compare it to? I would love to know. I would love to Let know. me think. I think it's... It has to be something like really disgusting that only I like. <laughs> because... Uh, the soybean juice. Probably. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's probably like like soy soy milk, Chinese soy milk for me. I'll sort of explain why later. But um, uh, I mentioned MTV Generation. I looked it up and apparently it means adolescence in the 80s and 90s. And uh, that's what this book is about. Um, So we follow this 18-year-old boy named Clay, and he is home from university in Los Angeles, California for his Christmas break. So the book is about this one month of Christmas break in LA, in his hometown. And Clay is from a very rich and very privileged circle. And uh, his parents and many of the other adults in the book are like executives in the LA film industry. And Clay hangs out with his friends, these teenagers, and all they ever do all day is party, drink, do drugs, have sex with each other, uh, listen to pop music, watch <laughs> oh, movies, and eat at fancy restaurants. Oh, yeah, dreams. Okay, okay. 
<laughs> come come through, guys. <laughs> Live your life. <laughs> so that's all they ever do, right? And then the thing that they love doing the most is getting super drunk or super high, do a lot of like coke, and then drive around in their expensive cars. <laughs> of course, <laughs> nice. Because what else would you do? <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, it, it really reminds me of BoJack Horseman, that okay. TV show, because that show is also set in LA, and it very much makes fun of LA's superficial culture. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the title, which is less than zero, is never mentioned in the novel actually. But I think the the meaning is that the this kind of existence, this kind of life, is so superficial that like you don't really exist. Like your existence is less than mm-hmm. zero. Mm-hmm. Um and then Clay the and then Clay the main character feels that he is disappearing all the time that he's simply not there. Oh wow! Yeah. Um. Okay. So that was the premise of the book. Um. There's not that much plot. It's more of like a world building or language focused book. I think mm. there's not that much plot, but mostly you just you feel the momentum of. The world getting like uglier and more violent as the book goes on, yeah. and in the end, it really got quite graphic. Yeah. Okay. But so, why do I love it so much? Right. Um, first of all, and this goes back to the soy juice thing that I mentioned earlier, is that this author's writing style just really works for me. This is personal preference, and I can definitely see that it won't work for everyone. But it just really clicks with me, and I think it's really rare to find an author where you like read one line and you just know exactly what he's talking about. Yes, it's so in, rare. Yeah. You're engulfed. I really love his black humor and his satire, and then I know that some people critique his style as being like too violent. Like, why are all these teenagers so heartless? Why is it so graphic? But like, I don't really see it like that. I like, I can see. When and where the author is like presenting the violence in order to make fun of it, or to, to to criticize it, or to like use it to bring out the pain of emptiness that's underneath the satire.、Mm. Yeah. Um. And my favorite joke in the book is when they mention USC, which means the University of Southern California, where some of those rich kids go to university. But then they <laughs> they say USC stands for University of Spoiled Children. Oh, <laughs> and then and then they say this hilarious. Shout out to USC. I know. <laughs> Shout out to USC. I have a question. Yeah, is this the same USC where all the kids that are going they're getting high, drunk, and driving around their、yeah. cars? Bless them. <laughs> they're doing the most. Slay. No, not a slay. No, not a slay. That's not very slay. illegal and bad. <laughs> and then and then they also mentioned UCLA. And then one、oh, stupid、wow. kid was like, "Yeah, UCLA, or as the Orientals call it, UCRA." Do you、oh. get it? Because like. Orientals can't tell the difference between R and L, so U C L A becomes U C R A. That's brutal. That's, that's brutal. Yeah, that's the yeah, point. And the、yeah. kid is so fucking dumb. Yeah, and like,、right. uh, like when I read it, I just burst out laughing. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, so it, if I were to compare it to a drink, it has to be something that everyone else finds disgusting, but I kind of love. So probably the the hot soy milk is. Wow, <laughs> hot soy milk. Yeah, the the traditional way to serve it is to serve it fresh and okay. hot. Yeah. Okay.、Uh, this book basically is American Psycho, but younger.、Mm. Um. So the guy in Psycho is twenty six year old living in New York City, and this book is about an eighteen year old boy in LA.、Mm-hmm. Um. The theme is very much the same. Like the author builds this very glittery world full of money and full of surfaces and full of like. Attractive but empty people, but like in this book, the eighteen-year-old boy 
I feel still has a little bit of hope and humanity left in him, whereas the twenty six year old、uh, Mr. Psycho is like beyond hope. Hopeless.、Uh, yeah.、True. And、uh, on the theme of queerness, less than zero is also more gay. Okay. Clay sleeps with boys and girls. Clay. But it doesn't matter who he sleeps with. The sex is so empty and meaningless,、yeah. regardless. <laughs> um. And then this is funny because the author. Whenever he goes to interviews, he gets asked questions about his sexuality all the time,、mm-hmm. and、oh. he never gives a consistent answer. Like Freddie、oh. Mercury in all of his、yeah. interviews, ever. <laughs> he's like, "I'm just、mm. a musical prostitute, my dear." <laughs> <laughs> and then the copy that I have has an introduction written by Otessa Moschweg, who is known for her novel "My Year of Rest and Relaxation."、Uh. And then she says that this book has impeccable timing, which I fully、mm. agree with.、Oh. That's why I can't believe it was published when he was twenty-one. What the、oh. actual fuck? It's it's im- like this is not just some like smart sarcastic tweet that normal twenty-one-year-olds like to write. <laughs> this is a full artistic work with structure and goals. Hundred percent. And then like you just can't write that unless you have like a deep understanding of the craft.、Mm. And I can't believe he had that at twenty-one. <laughs> Oh、Some people are just built different. I know.、Yeah. Okay, because I have to say something negative as always. <laughs>、uh, the only bad thing I can say really is that this book leaves you with a profoundly empty feeling. Really inside, yeah. Because、oh. he makes fun of everything, right? Like if you if you before you read the book, you you like fancy things, you like fancy cars or expensive clothes or whatever. After you read it, you're like you realize shit. That stuff is so empty. Yeah,、so、absolutely. Yeah, so meaningless. Absolutely. But then it kind of like it says doing this is stupid, but do this instead. No, he does not give you an instead. He just tells you everything is meaningless for sure. This is more of like a philosophical question rather than a critique of the book. But like, do do we think satire needs a resolution at the end? And like, does that resolution make him more or less impactful? For our own satisfaction as readers,、mm. sometimes we lack a really whole、um, resolution、mm. from the satire. Yeah, but sometimes we don't get it, and then we have to just walk away f- from the book with our own learnings, just without it.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think some part of me think like. It might be an act of maturity to provide some sort of resolution,、mm. but then like maturity, he was twenty one. <laughs> but like, like maybe there are no answers to every question. True,、yeah. you're right. Is it was that was the unanswering question a gr- a great statement within itself? Yeah, like the way it was. It never, definitely is. But the way it was never resolved. Yeah, it definitely was intended to not have a resolution.、Mm. But then again, it just em- leaves you with like a. Bitter taste in your mouth. For sure, for sure. Maybe then, that's what was the intention yeah, for the reader to feel. Yeah, yeah. I'm loving that you guys are embracing the meaningless. It's like that. You should read the book and you <laughs> let me know what you think. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Okay. That's it for my reading update. Amazing. Sweet. I, if anyone who knows me will know that I have been reading Olivia Gatwood for years.、Uh, do you guys know who Olivia Gatwood no, is? No, tell us. So she's this. She, I found her when I was like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen years old on YouTube watching slam poetry performances from、oh. Button Poetry because every Australian poet does go through like the Button Poetry YouTube hole. It's amazing.、Really? Yeah, and she's like this amazing. I think she's queer、um, performance poet writer,、uh, um, educator. I'll read a bit about her.、Um, she's an educator in sexual assault prevention recovery. She's the author of two books, and she's been all over the world. Performed at the National Poetry Slam in America. Was a finalist 
at Brave New Voices and Women of the World Poetry Slam. I don't, I've never like met or read a writer like her who fully understands girlhood in all its complexities. Mm. I think she's so terrific. I've like booked marked heaps of little poems that just mean the world to me. Is she Australian? No, she's from, I can't, I'm not sure if she's from New Jersey or New York, but she writes about one of her poems, Ode to the Women on Long Island, talks about these strong, soft women in New York on Long Island who teach their daughters about the world very quickly. Strong, soft women. Oh, nice term. Such a fan. I'm such a fan of that term because I. Do you guys know a lot of strong, soft people in your life that you could think of? Like you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. So I. I've got both of her works here: "Life of the Party," uh, poems by Olivia Gatwood, and I've got "New American Best Friend" by Olivia Gatwood, and these are like cherished books. I even have a few copies of each of them. Wow. So I'll give you a line from. The Ode to the Women on Long Island, the last Mm -hmm. part of it, speaks to me so much. The way she wrote this, you'll understand and we'll discuss it after, but the end of the poem is, Life comes fast. One minute you're taking typing classes for your new secretary job in the World Trade Center and the next it's almost over. Life, I mean. But I kicked and screamed my way through it and so will you. I can tell by the way you walk. One more thing. When they call you a bitch, say thank you. Thank you very much. Oh. So... I find it so interesting her use of like the use of 9-11 in mm. I'm, like life comes fast in the way that this woman mm. she's talking about is taking typing classes in the mm. World Trade Center and the next it's almost over 9-11 but also life I mean like she's one of my favorite writers or if my I, favorite I think poet. That, that reference to the learning to be a typist mm. that's super interesting because yeah. I think that's what a lot of women did right for sure in the 60s 70s yeah. they learned to be typists so they can be secretaries to the CEOs and CTOs <laughs> entirely this um poem talks about also all the women that wish they had been artists but instead were realtors and massage therapists and social workers and housewives and nannies and tell me they wish they would have been artists but life comes fast you know oh yeah like she's sensational that's and a great line. i couldn't i could life comes fast that's a great life one. comes and fast it, so. and it goes fast yeah like yeah. how quickly did we all become 24 25 like oh, that was quick no that was quick that was so oh. quick and i love how like in terms of especially when you're like coming out of school and choosing career and making like, life decisions it can really feel like life comes at you fast yeah and then before you know it you're committed to this lifestyle and entirely you, enti- so. it's difficult to change it's like um, she is a slam point to begin with. Yes. And then what do you feel like her work is re- represented on paper? How do you think that? The- mm, that's a good question. It's yeah. so interesting. I'm curious as well, yeah. Her performance is so specific and so carefully crafted and so strong. Like, so when I read her poems, I'm reading it in her performance stage oh, voice. Ah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because I'm just like that obsessed yeah, with the yeah. right? Um, she read. I love her and she reads well on the page, but to me her performances – just embody the struggle of girlhood so transparently. Mm. Um, yeah, we. I think she's a real gift to like the slam poet community. Yeah, I think slam and page poetry are quite different. Yeah, for and sure. I think it's great that like because you're so familiar with her performance style, yeah. you can sort of recreate a virtual performance in your head. I read it by reading. <laughs> with- <laughs> I I also do the same. Like when I read Neil Gaiman, I also read in in his voice. It's like smoky whiskey. Oh. Okay, now let's move on to the interview section. Thanks so much for joining us today, Rachel. And uh, 
And could you tell us how did you get started in poetry, and what do you find most rewarding in the creative process? Wow. Okay. Hi. Thank you again for having me here. Um, how did I get started? So I grew up on the Central Coast. I went to school on the Central Coast. I lived nice. my young life on the Central Coast. I love Central Coast. Right? Oh, do you actually? Yeah. Have you been? Do you go I've there? I've been. I've been. Um, I've just took a, a vacation somewhere oh, nice. in September last year. Nice. What to, what part? Um, do you know Kilcare Beach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Beautiful. That, yeah, it's Beautiful. so cool. So good, so good. Yeah, so there was a, there was a spoken word night when I was um, growing up on the Central Coast. My best friend, Laura Brown, took me to it when I was 16 because we were in the same English class together and she's like still my best mate. Um, she brought me to this spoken word night called Speak Up Gosford and it was hosted by Will Small, who's an Australian Poetry Slam finalist. And he's like he was an amazing mentor for me when I was a um, young kid. Mm. And I grew up with poets like Andrew Cox and Roger. And yeah, like we had this whole street poets crew that oh. we all grew up on the Central Coast together. So I started performing when I was 16 at this local slam around the corner from my high school. That's so cool. Yeah. And then I moved, when I moved to Wollongong for university when I was 19, um, there was enough said poetry slam there. So I, then I started growing up in that scene. Yeah. I've just been lucky to be surrounded by so many like amazing mentors, mm. wordsmiths, spoken word poets who like teach you so much just in their doing, mm. in their practice. It sounds so amazing. Like you had a community always of creative people. Absolutely. Mm. And I, yeah, I feel so lucky to be nurtured by that. And that being said, you, I've, be, I've seen so many performances now. I feel like very well versed in like what a spoken word performance has to mm. be because I've just you just consume so much and that's how you learn like mm. how to be a better poet when you sit when you watch so many live events you would feel that too absolutely yeah, yeah. sorry I just love how you said um, you have a street poet gang yeah, yeah. We, we were called the street poets yeah. we were like 16, 17, 18 and every month we'd gather for the spoken word night we'd have like free food Imka's mom would cook us food Oh, um, like we'd all just hang out we'd do the spoken word night it wasn't it wasn't judged. We were just sharing poetry. Wow. We were all like growing our craft so young. And then I look back now and I'm like, wow, we were so lucky to be have a space facilitated by Will Small who looked after us so well. It's so important to have those like community leaders who facilitate this for yes. young people. Troy Wong, Lauren Elizabeth, Adara in Wollongong, um, Will Small, like all these people who understand their mission is bigger than themselves mm. and facilitate spaces for poets fantastic work mm. yeah all i hear is our next guest list for license oh poetics. yeah oh my oh, gosh yeah. you need to have troy wong in this building <laughs> he would love this and then it's just so meaningful much more meaningful than like the oldest mindless sex and drugs lol a hundred percent honestly 100%. who am i to say a hundred percent driving my car with all the drugs in my system <laughs> like all those fucked up kids in that book they had no idea what poetry was and oh, then they would never so be sincere enough or courageous enough to confront like that's, that's a vulnerable a part crime. of themselves yeah I exactly that's, crime. I that's, that's no the poetry. pain that's oh. the real pain yeah. I wish I brought them to spoken word events oh. I I said, you would have saved so many lives but guys don't do drugs and drive your car come <laughs> yeah. hang just, out at poetry, poetry. <laughs> yeah, yeah just come and write a poem <laughs> Yeah, like right. people have I've seen like in real time people have their whole lives changed by like one poem or a poetry mm. night you yes, know what I mean totally it gets happen. that deep da that quickly mm. and what other forum is there where you can stand on the stage tell a story with no you can't hide behind music you can't behind mm. hide, hide behind anything you're telling the most raw account of your story I don't know many other forms where that happens on stage in real time and you're, right. you're, and you're telling your own story like as in the written word mm. beautiful okay Seriously, let's get started on okay. The Voice. Okay, let's talk about The Voice. I love The Voice. Okay. Do you love The Voice? Oh, oh my God. We need to explain what... <laughs> Wait, no, tell me. What are you saying? Oh, no, no. We, we need to explain what The Voice is. Okay. Yes, true. 
So let's and go then, back to Rachel's poem, poem for the boys. Right. Yeah, for and the boys. For the boys. I love the boys. That's why I wrote it. <laughs> oh. So we first heard The boys Rachel- love you too. Oh, bro. Oh. So we first heard Rachel perform this poem at Bankstown Poetry Slam. Yeah. And uh, shout I, out Bankstown Poetry Slam. Yes, shout out the, the national um, national youth, youth poetry slam, which yeah. Ahim also performed in. Oh, and you. it's fair to say that Ahim is completely obsessed with Rachel's performance. Of <laughs> oh, poem for the boys. <laughs> it's been like three months, and I'm, I'm still hangover on it. That means the world. Do people just like approach you on the street randomly, and then they're trying to pinpoint you, and then they're like, they, but they can't really like they can't really tell who you are. <laughs> they were just like, are you? F- <laughs> Are you yeah, famous you're, enough you're to like, be recognized? Like, you're like you, you're the one who did the voice. That's happening a little <laughs> bit more. I'll be working on set, or I'll be. Um, people will come up to me and be like, "Where do I know you from?" I'm like, <laughs> "Dude, like the boys hasn't gone viral. I don't know oh what you're talking God. about. Like, it's not like a, it's not like a big deal. And plus, like our poetry communities are still like quite, you know, they're, they're small. Even though Bankstown yeah. is the biggest in the southern hemisphere, our poetry in Australia is still small, relatively yeah. like yeah, contained. Yeah, it's, it's- Okay, should I do for the boys? Okay. Oh, are you gonna? Are you gonna be okay? I will say for everyone, for everyone listening at home. Hello, everyone on Spotify. I wrote this poem for all the young men in my life that I love unconditionally. Lots of best friends, um, past relationships, X, Y, Z. So, um, there is heavy mention of suicide for young men. Um, just a trigger warning, uh, content warning for everyone listening. This poem is called "For the Boys." Oh. Poem for the boys. Poem for the footy boys, the yeah, the boys, boys, the Saturdays are for the boys, boys, the full credit to the boys, boys, the how's that, boys, they got the vaccine early just to go to the pub first, boys, the I'll only tell you after 10 beers, boys, that I love you, boys, the Triple J metal, boys, the emo Spotify playlist, boys, the gamer, boys, the Brooke, boys, the gym bros and the army, boys, the my engineering degree almost killed me, boys, the secret bye, boys. The Bible boys, the I walked in on him hanging boys, the always laughing boys, the boys who want to go on drives for hours boys and don't care if they don't come back boys, the smoke weed every second of the day boys, I'm dropping acid alone boys, and for the boys born biologically female boys, for all the boys I love, fuck, what a shit show. I'm sorry for the entire shit show, the slaughterhouse statistics and stabbing silence, your mental monologue, so quiet, so compliant, it's like you've all made an alliance not to describe it, so blast your music, wear your seatbelts and drive because car crashes aren't the biggest killer of young boys, it's suicide boys, I see you small and scared and so human, I see you when I I cannot see my own best friend, so I hug you tight at parties and I hand you letters I have written and you will think I'm weird, but I'm grabbing at any man that reminds me of him, which is all of them, to feel a pulse come back to life. Boys, sometimes when I hug you, I will press my ear to your chest just so I can hear how alive you really are. Boys, have I told you I am now becoming the age he was when I last saw him? Boys, 
I ask you to play your music in the car because I want you to tell me how you feel. I don't want you to skip the depressing songs or try to set the vibe with an indie pop surf rock disguise. Play me the shit you fall asleep to. Play me all of your heavy, heavy music. Play me the records that saved your life and I'll play you all the records I wish I sent him. And lastly, to the boys who have passed over, God knows you can hear me. I camp overnight on your Facebook accounts and I watch your mother perform CPR every year. I wonder how many of our 200 mutual friends stalk your digital grave like I do. How many are sitting watching replaying too? I sit and I watch and I pretend I am not scrolling through a haunted Times Square front row of an autopsy. At the top of your profile, you are a stuck statue frozen in time forever for and at a gather tasting beer for the first time you died when fisheye camera lenses were still being used at parties and now this is 10 years ago and now the sun is coming up so I'm falling asleep so until next year I'll read (sighs) happy heavenly birthday son You are 24 today. Thank you for saying hi when you flickered the lights on and off for us. I know you are still here. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Thank you for listening. It's uh, really intense. Some moments so we can cry. Oh, no. It's not. It's not. I didn't write it with the intention of trying to make people cry. Really? I, 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 no, no, truly. <laughs> I didn't. I, I honestly, there wasn't a poem in the Australian community or wherever. I couldn't find a poem that described what it's like being a woman or being a young girl, like describing the loss of mm. an important man in my life or important friend or partner. We have to talk about these things. I'm so f- fucking over losing so many amazing artists musicians friends mm. family members to suicide or to mental health issues i'm over it so i have to i have to mm. write i have to try and help if it helps anyone then i'll write i'll try and write my whole life for that purpose wow. yeah <sighs> thanks for listening <laughs> thanks just, for listening it just hits me every time like oh dude yeah i, I listen to it on on youtube multiple times and then i see you perform today it just hits me again oh that means the world because i wrote it for the boys absolutely because we have to take care of all the men in our lives because we we love them well i have a question yeah uh you performed it multiple times like does it feel similar every time you do it was a little bit different um it takes me to the same emotional place Mm. every time Mm. but because I'm constantly trying to concentrate on like tone and pacing mm. and body movement, like things like voice control, projection, and like elements of like an individual theater mm. when you're on stage. Mm. It does take me to a different place every time. Sometimes you really connect with the audience. Sometimes like I'm in tears after all. Like it depends. And then if people come up to me after the performance and 
um, people like come up will come up to me in tears and be like that really affected me and, mm. and that, that'll take me to such a raw place because you're connecting with mm. a person who's connected with the story and like individual sure. individual theater i love that it is because yeah. when you're it is you're, yeah. you do understand from performing spoken mm-hmm. word too you you're doing all the elements of theater but you're one person on stage yes even though you're addressing to like many boys but um i feel like you just having a one-on-one conversation yeah it's so intimate and just really connects with with the audience with me yeah i i did write it for one uh guy in particular what are you doing is admirable oh yeah (laughs) dude no just like you you would feel the need to write too like you know you just need to write you need to perform you need to get it out it's just like you love it yes so you live in it but in particular on the suicide on mental health yeah topic i think this I think men's suicide rate is like six times higher than women. Yeah, it's like... Oh, really? Yes. Mm. Because you it's, have this societal pressure of yeah. men be, be tough, be strong. Yeah, if, if you're having like difficult thoughts, just go talk to someone. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Reach out. Uh, let's go a bit deep into the lines. Yeah. Where we see you... you I see this um, multiple times through your, your work that you sometimes use like a... A narrative style that feels like stream of consciousness. Yes. Do do you do that on purpose, or is it something that comes to you naturally? Honestly, for most of my poems, the audience experiences what I'm experiencing for the first time. So, like, I write a line, and if I'm like happy with it, I don't overly edit something. So it is quite a stream of consciousness. Mm. Um, and if it's like emotionally charged, and it's like it works for the piece of poetry or whatever. Um, yeah, you are experiencing in real time like the narrative stream of consciousness truly because you right. guys ever just like write a poem like in one sitting you're like, ah, oh, I've done it. <laughs> I, I, I try that, but I, it's always shit at the end. No, <laughs> so I don't show it anymore. No, you'd be surprised how, how good it is. How good like a first, obviously there has to be, like I edit, I try to edit heaps, like, but you'd be surprised how raw and emotional the first draft can be yeah. of poetry because it's like just straight from your soul, from your mind, through the pen. There's like a recurring theme of playing the music in the car. Do yeah. You, does, that, does that carry any significance? Because to me, <laughs> it feels like, you know, how men are taught not to speak about their, about their struggles. Mm. They're try, always trying to mask it. Mm. You feel like they, if they like blast out this loud music that they can be just... <laughs> quietly hiding their like internal monologue it's a great image i guess i wrote that as like if you boys if you can't do anything else if you can't reach out to your mates if you can't tell anyone get in the car put your seatbelt on blast your music just drive i i do that that's that's what that's and i put it in the perspective of the boys poem i've struggled with heaps of mental health issues Mm. when i can't work something out when i can't when i when my heart is not corresponding with my brain or whatever's going on i'll get in the car i'll pull my music on i'll take myself on a drive it like totally like helps me out mm. I, and then i use that in the perspective of boys do this too like if you if there's nothing else that you can do listen to your music please like use this because i know like heaps of the metal community and heaps of the heavy community mm. are so intertwined with like mental health stuff mm. and like they blast their music and do you have a playlist name? Oh my gosh, my playlist! Uh, my Spotify is hilarious. Is a hilarious place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got crying in the club. That's a classic. Yeah, um, oh. that's just like six and a half hours of like pure like driving, like and crying. 
Whoa. Oh no! Nah, but yeah, I'm so right. crying, crying in the club, or crying in the car. Crying in the club, but okay. and then, <laughs> but then it becomes yeah. crying. It's supposed in the to be car. a joke, but it's like dead ass. Like this is my crying playlist. But yeah, um, I have this crying playlist. It's not like like blowing my eyes out crying. Yeah. It's like I hear, you, I hear you with that one. Yeah, like a silent wailing. Yeah, it's called "Will You Wait." Will you wait? Yeah, that's so beautiful. Is that about a person? Um, Possibly. So <laughs> I I name playlist just with a song. Oh, nice. Mm. So yeah, so like all my playlists are, are named with this iconic song in the in the list. Mm. And then this is like this song that I discovered is like a hidden gem mm. that no one really knows about. Yeah, I think we're ready to wrap up. Is there anything else you'd like? To I say, think Rachel? I think we should uh, have all the voice write a poem for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> what would it be? I hear write a poem called Poem for the Girls. Yes. Girls commit suicide too. I know. I wrote a poem called For the Girls. Oh, you have? You sorry, have? you have a- Yeah, I did. Really? But it's not dark at all. It's okay. not. I don't know why when I was writing it, I just couldn't finish it in a really dark way. Um, but <laughs> oh, there is. You there don't is have a, to finish everything no, 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 in a dark no. way. There's, se- there's sequels, to. there's trilogies, there's everything. Oh, there's, okay. a, there's a For the Girls dark version coming. Oh, so many It's in versions. the work. It's going oh, to okay. get. It's gonna, I love it. It's going to be talking about my experience, and that's oh, wow. going to get fucked up. Oh, no. Plus, no, go no. to BPS to yes. witness no. the performance of that. Yes, come to Thanks and Poetry Slam, Enough Said Poetry Slam, Bread and Butter Poetry Slam, West Side Poetry Slam. Thank oh, you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being. This has been amazing. We love the boys. Yes. Thank you so much for being a guest. We had a great time recording and I hope our listeners enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of Licensed Poetics. And I'm your host, Ahim. I'm your host, Falling. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Never seem to notice all the time pass through In this final moment I'm still chasing the truth I wanna